too. Last podcast of the year. Yeah. That's it. That's it. We could both be dead in a horrible skiing accident where we bump into each other at the top of the hill and then eaten by mountain lions. It could happen. Yeah, neither of us are athletic enough to actually be skiing. Right. But if we are anywhere where there's mountain lions, we are. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Meal number one. (laughs) It's Thanksgiving, boys and girls. <laughs> it's so tender, the meat. It's like it's never been worked out at all. I don't think this meat has ever walked and it's marbled. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, very effeminate cats eating us. Um, anyway, um, uh, our our program today has a little bit of everything in it. I think you're really going to like it, uh, including the top three moments as voted by you in downloads uh, of the year for our program. Uh, anyway, it's just a great last message of 2023. So brought to you by Relief Factor. It was a year ago, really this week. Uh, I, it might've even been on this day. Uh, I was going on vacation and going up to my ranch and I was in so much pain and I had my hands all wrapped and just, it was excruciating. And I said to my wife, Honey, I when I get back, I think I'm going to have to resign. I just don't think I can do this. And um, she said, please try Relief Factor. And I didn't believe that it would help. And I said, we've done everything. I've gone to the Mayo Clinic. I've gone to Columbia University, to NYU. I've gone to all of these, these hospitals. And no one can give me anything or do anything that makes it better. Try it, please. I did. And I'm here today because of Relief Factor. 1995 comes with Relief Factor's Feel Better or Your Money Back. Doesn't work for everybody. About 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. I'm one of them. ReliefFactor.com, 800, the number 4 Relief. 800 for Relief. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. pick with you okay well it's the last day of the year to do it for me yeah go ahead you um advised me <clears throat> yes to watch a movie on netflix mm-hmm. uh, it was called uh, leave uh, the world behind. leave the world behind apparently the number one movie in 89 countries in 89 countries yeah now i didn't ask you to because i thought oh you're going to enjoy it i thought you would pick things out of it that you'd right be like yeah like okay. here you go like this is a yeah. mm-hmm. uh something you some lesson you take now the thing that's been promoted widely on the conservative side of this the racist thing is there's this racist thing there's one scene in the movie two or well, the one yeah. that i've seen okay. promoted was a, a movie a, a scene where um a, a young african-american woman says you shouldn't trust white people and right. this has been tied to the fact that barack obama and michelle obama are executive producers or correct. producers of this movie. correct it's an anti-racist theme that runs through it but that's not my problem with this movie mm, yeah right and that's kind of how you sold it to me and yeah. and so um and i did watch it last mm-hmm. night yeah. and um can i just tell you i, I at the end of it Felt like I had wasted two and a half hours of my life that I will never, ever get back. Hmm. It was, the entire time felt like it could be a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the movie, which I Mm -hmm, will do my mm -hmm. best not to spoil. Yeah. A little disappointing. uh, A little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I actually like swore against your name why lying in bed with my wife and i said that mother 
This jerk made me. I actually was wondering. I uh, it crossed my mind whether it was a prank that yeah. you you were like you gotta watch this, and then I watch it, and then it ended like that. It was so terrible, and I was like, did he just screw me out of two two and a half hours intentionally? Well, first of all, the only one I recommended because I thought you would enjoy was Godzilla, right. and we and went to like Godzilla, Godzilla, and yeah. you liked. It. I did like okay. it. Yes. This one I just wanted you to watch for work. Right. I know you did okay. say that yeah. it was for work, right. but I okay. kind of thought that you. I thought it was going to be a good movie. Oh, that was, no, no, no. That was an extra bonus for me that you would be watching it <laughs> okay, and you good. would be pissed off. Uh, no. So what did you get out of this movie? Why do you think, what is my problem with this movie? Because it's not the white thing. I'm so tired of it. The white thing, I, yeah, the white thing, just to address it, 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 it the, she, the, the woman uh, who is placed, the daughter, Julia, yeah, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. It, she um, is a black woman who is, I would say, anti-white yeah <laughs> right. but but julia roberts. julia roberts is a racist too yeah <laughs> julia roberts is she's this is the first movie i've ever seen her where she's absolutely unlikable yeah unlikable from the beginning i hate people yeah she was yeah unlikable Awful. from the very beginning yeah. um and she is pretty much a racist in the movie yeah at least at times um she's uh, not i think pretty 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 much the whole time i mean when she when comes around they open up uh, the door and you know the this the, they're renting julie roberts family is renting this house and it's on long island is very expensive and then you see a bentley behind these this couple they ring the doorbell in the middle of the night and it's a black man in a tuxedo and his black daughter also dressed to the nines in the bentley and she they say yes what 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 and you know like get the baseball bat and uh he so the they go to the door and they said, well, we just, we've had a problem and this is our house. And we were wondering if we could stay in the guest house. And Julie Roberts is like, this is your house. Right. Like how could a black person <laughs> own a home like this? I mean, it's so, so insulting. Bad. So, so like insulting. I, the, the black white thing was there and it was almost like, it struck me as a way of like they're almost trying to do a both sides thing. Yeah. Even though it was also very just straight out anti-racist. Okay. So but that was part of it. That, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is part of it. But here are the things that I want you to really hear. There's two clips that okay. I want you to hear. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, uh, clip one from yesterday, leave the world behind. I have a friend in a cabal. Why did you really come here? And don't tell me it's because of your knee. That wasn't a lie. I didn't have any surgery. Twisted it up pretty bad playing ball down at the Y. But it's not why you came here. Why I came here involves something that happened to me a few years back. One of my clients invited me and my wife to a private event. My client, he, well, I won't say his name, but you'd recognize it, though. As he's a celebrity. Oh, no, nothing like that. But in the business world, he's one of the biggest out there. He deals mostly in defense contracting. I'm talking hush-hush, top-secret money from the Pentagon. Perhaps the most powerful person I've ever had a meal with. Anyway, we're at this soiree at his house. It's getting late. My wife, she wants to go. But he and I are just having a blast. And he doesn't want the night to end. After a few more glares, my wife agrees to take a cab and I'll come home after. Mm. 
I bet she was real happy about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're having a few more drinks, getting really sauced. And at one point, I, I don't think he could stand and I was pretty wobbly myself. I wouldn't know anything about that, sir. <laughs> so he takes me to his study, smoke a few cigars, and we're sort of flying high, laughing at almost everything. Eventually he starts in how much he likes me and how he wishes he could invite me on this trip he's about to go on. What, what, what kind of trip? Where's he going? That's exactly what I asked. And he turns to me with a serious face. And he says, Oh, you know, just my annual meeting with the rest of the evil cabal that runs the world. <laughs> he was the kind of guy that was always known for jokes like that. Again, if I told you his name, you would understand. Well, I just have to take your word for it. And now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to pop off my leg. Then, yesterday before the symphony, my friend calls me up. No scheduled appointment like he usually does, just calls me out of the blue. He wants me to move around some of his money. And we're talking some big numbers, even for him. And as we're getting off the phone, I asked if he wanted to grab a drink. He tells me he's going away for a while. I joke back to him. Well, yeah. You hanging with your evil cabal this weekend? Thought that was only during the winter solstice. <laughs> but he doesn't laugh. And he always laughs, even with bad jokes. All he said was, take care of yourself. Almost as if he felt sorry for me. Ever since I haven't been able to get it out of my head. Hey, stop. He goes on to say that there is a plan um, that you turn people against each other. You have, you know, either inside country forces, outside the country forces, you turn people against each other. It's the easiest way to collapse a country. You create these divisions. Then you start hitting them with cyber attacks, et cetera, et cetera. And they don't know who to trust. And they do the job for the foreign country or the people that are trying to overthrow the country from within. They do it. They don't have to do anything because the people do it themselves. Then one more clip. So that's the premise that this is coming. All right. Next clip. Short one. Two. This ends. Is if you get back in your vehicle and drive away now. Drive away to what? All the roads are blocked. We're in the middle of God knows where. There's no one else around. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do right now. I can barely do anything without my cell phone and my GPS. I am a useless man. But my son is sick. Stop. I'm mm. without GPS and my cell phone. And this is a theme throughout. All of these people. That remember, this is Barack Obama. All of these people are worthless they have no i mean you're screaming at the television several times going what the hell is wrong with you yeah okay and but over and over again i'm useless without my cell phone i don't know what to do i don't have gps i don't have an atm the stores are closed i don't have a gun all the way through 
Now, what message is being sent there? Because I hope America gets that. Are you a worthless man? I think most of us are. Most of us are. What are you doing to correct that? Because it will be your responsibility. Those who wait around for the government to show up, good luck with that. Those who think we're all just going to come together and nobody's coming in, you've got 72 hours if something happens. 72 hours to get to safety. 72. After that, the world breaks down. Don't believe me? Look at Katrina. Track that. Go back and look at the timeline of that. And then the government comes in and they say, everybody go here. Don't go there. Don't go there. It will be a disaster. You don't believe me? Look at the Superdome. Hmm. Don't be a worthless person. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. We have Steve Baker on the phone, Blaze Media investigative journalist uh, who has been looking into the January 6th debacle and has made massive headway. And it's my understanding that uh, uh, Steve and the team were up in Washington here in the last couple of weeks. I think some of them just got back uh, yesterday, spent a lot of time with the January 6th footage, full access now because of Steve. Uh, and uh, some new stories are coming. But what a surprise, Steve. You were notified by the U.S. Department of Justice. Yes, good morning. Hey. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a great uh, good morning I had yesterday. I bet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually here right now. I'm actually uh, talking to you from the secure video room in one of the congressional office buildings in D.C. We've got our Blaze guys here right now working on the, the consoles, and we've been here all week, so... We're, we're not, we're not going to stop working. I'm not going to quit doing what I'm doing. And uh, we're just going to move forward regardless of what they throw at us. But uh, I want to hang on. I want to hear what you what you are finding, if you can give us any kind of hint on on what's next coming our way. But tell me, what are you being charged with now? Well, they uh, notified my attorney yesterday morning uh, that I needed to uh, self-present or self-surrender myself in Raleigh, North Carolina on Tuesday or Wednesday. So we're going to arrange for that to happen on Tuesday. When we asked what the actual charges were going to be, we were told uh, by the FBI agent that he, quote unquote, didn't know and that he wouldn't know until the magistrate signed off on the warrant. Now, they are telling us that I'm going to just be processed and then released on my own recognizance, that I will not be detained, I'll not be held overnight, um, and that then, of course, I will be uh, subject to whatever the magistrate decides to put on me. I don't know whether that will include a surrendering of my devices, because, again, we haven't seen the warrant. I don't know if that's going to include a surrendering of my weapons. I don't know if that's going to include any gag orders of any types. I don't know if that's going to include restrictions that will will prevent me from traveling to D.C. because that's what usually happens with January 6th defendants. One of the first things that they do is they prevent travel to D.C. What a surprise, Steve. What a surprise. Um, Have you downloaded to the rest of the team so the work can continue? Have you downloaded what you know and what you're looking for and so the rest of the team can continue if you can't go in? We have multiple dead man switches. Okay, good. There's your answer for that. And by the way, dead man switch, uh, we know, Steve, he's not suicidal at all. Uh, (laughs) Not at all. And apparently, 
can't hang himself with paper sheets. So uh, he's got that going for him. Um, well, uh, please keep us informed. You have to surrender on Tuesday. I know the Blaze will have stories next week on this. Um, uh, is there any doubt in your mind? Because you were, you were contacted by the Justice Department, what, about six months after January 6th? Because you were there. That's correct. Yeah, they contacted me in July of 21. I did my first or my only FBI interview in August of 21. We were notified by the Department of Justice a month later, the week before Thanksgiving uh, in November of 21. We were told that I would be charged within the week at that at that time. And then they dropped off the map and we didn't hear the hear from them until uh, 20 months later, which was August of this year. When I got a subpoena, grand jury subpoena for all of my January 6th videos. And what do, does your attorney think this is that that was about? <laughs> well, that was interesting because grand juries are not convened for misdemeanor charges. They're convened only for felony investigations. Now, that doesn't mean because we don't know and they won't tell us anything that maybe they just wanted my videos for uh, somebody else's investigation. Uh, or maybe it was uh, applicable to what they were looking at for me. And then it, there's no assurance that even though there was a grand jury looking at me or the videos that they will apply a felony account. Well, look, it, we can we can assure the world right now because actually one of our guys right here is harvesting every second of me in the Capitol right now. Good. We're going to show we're going to show the world in advance long before this thing ever goes to trial or any such nonsense that obviously at any point, any time when I was on campus, there was never any violence, never any property damage. There was never any untoward behavior. I didn't wear Trump gear. I didn't parade. I wasn't carrying a flag. You didn't, you didn't stand the, on a bench, did you? God forbid. I did do that. I did do oh, that. Oh yeah. boy. There is a federal law against that. But, I know uh, there is. So yeah. I may have to, you know, I may have to plea down to bench standing, but the, uh, the but wait, the you did that not as a protester, as a journalist to get a bird's eye view, right? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I did. I got up and away from the crowd and above the crowd so I could record what was going on in the room. And that was in the crypt uh, below the rotunda where I did that. And so the, the, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting presentation well in advance of whatever the government is putting together because we'll be able to lay it out lay it out and show side by side that there were you know there were 60 other journalists that we are aware of that traveled through the same breached doors and of course I didn't arrive till after several hundred people were already in the capitol but there were 60 other journalists many of those who who in fact went through those doors but long before I did or were at the very initial breach that have never been charged it just really all comes down to Glenn who they were submitting their stories and their videos to at the time and obviously you know uh whatever whatever but their narrative was if the headline of their story was as like the New Yorker's story with Luke Mogelson uh, among the insurrectionists, well, then he probably uh, got to get out of jail free card for that headline. Well, but wait a minute, you, but you you had your video with HBO. They're not necessarily a flag waver of the right. Yeah, they they licensed uh, they they licensed my videos. Uh, New York Times licensed my videos, uh, as as did many other news agencies around the world. But that was that was through my through my agency. Okay, so can I ask you just a couple of frank questions? Because we, we just really got to know each other recently. And, and mm -hmm. you know, 
<laughs> are, are you a hardened, you know, Nazi lover that is, you know, I don't know, burning crosses <laughs> usually at lead night? conversations you? with this question. You're yeah, waiting this I know, long I know, to ask. I know, yeah. I, I, we had gotten to our, are you a member of the Nazi party <laughs> part of our of our friendship yet. But uh, uh, Glenn, I usually get dinner and a couple drinks before I get yeah. questions like that. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, no, ab- absolutely not. I am. Uh, if you if you uh, analyze my politics, I am what I refer to as a pragmatic libertarian, and I have uh, never had any associations with any militias, any three percenters, uh, any proud boys, oath keepers, or otherwise. And I have uh, basically kept to myself and kept uh, my musical career for the, most of my life as a trumpet player and a singer, and and. Uh, uh, my my journalism was my uh, side hustle, as they say, for 20, 25 years. And that uh, was accelerated when COVID came to town and I was not allowed to work in the music business for a year and a half. So I moved my journalism and my investigative uh, research into the uh, captain's chair of my life. And, and then January 6th happened. And so that became a, a primary focus of what I've been working on. Well, we are obviously going to be following uh, your story, and uh, every indication is is that exactly what you've said. And as you say, our team is there looking at all the video footage of you right now to make sure that uh, we have the story and can get it out, but also all of the other things you're looking into. Can you give us a sneak peek on anything else that you're you're working on for January 6th? Yeah, I can I can tell you that we are continuing our stories on the Capitol Police. Uh, there's a real focus there. In fact, I, I don't have a, a second's worth of hesitation to tell you that the story that we came out with last Thursday, Friday, uh, that directly showed Capitol Police cover up and corruption uh, at the highest level tr- probably triggered this action from the DOJ. And I don't mind go over that names. story for anybody who didn't see it. Yeah, the story was that a particular police officer who he, we have been covering uh, issued a uh, anonymous letter on Capitol Police letterhead back in May of 21. It was highly partisan, highly political, uh, major violation of the Hatch Act, major violation of uh, uh, the uh, Capitol Police rules and regulations for their officers. And he was prompted to write this letter it was a uh, political screed against the Republicans that were opposed to Nancy Pelosi's January 6th Select Committee. And as a result of uh, a prompting he got from Representative Raskin, of all people, uh, and uh, that was a situation where he took Raskin's uh, uh, prompting and went and created this letter and then also solicited help from the Capitol press pool. And then he had actually some female reporters in the press pool uh, assist him in crafting this anonymous letter. And when this was released on May 19th and May 20th, uh, it was discovered the next day because this cop's not very bright. He used his Capitol Police email and he used Capitol Police (laughs) printers to print off hard copies. Uh, And so he was brought in and his investigation began the next day and we revealed that not only did he initially lie about the um, the action that he had taken using Capitol Police resources and time 
to craft a highly partisan political uh, anonymous letter misrepresenting the, the department that this was what would be called a terminable offense. He should have been fired on the spot. There was a problem with that, though, Glenn. We're talking about Harry Dunn, the hero of January 6th, as the media has put forth. So rather than taking disciplinary action against him, the uh, the Capitol Police spiked that report. They let him off with what they call a 534 warning, which means that was just a warning, just a slap on the wrist. Don't don't do that again, Harry. And he got by with it. So rather than being in a terminable event, he was um, uh, not uh, disciplined at all and therefore was allowed to testify in those Oath Keeper trials. And, of course, we know where that goes from there. So you see the connectivity there. Okay, we're talking. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, finish no, up. Just, just, just to finish that up. Uh, one of, one of, of the things that we've been able to do, and I've been able through sources over the last couple of years, is I do have and have been able to capture some um, internal communications between Oath Keeper leadership, and we know that they are livid over. They, in fact, they, they on on Friday's report when I released the names involved, Harry Dunn, uh, Representative Jamie Raskin. Uh, Wendy Wild, I'm sorry, uh, Whitney Wild from CNN, who participated in this uh, anonymous later letter. When I put all this together and published that, the chief counsel for the Capitol Police actually called me that Twitter guy, Steve Baker, and uh, <laughs> for releasing this information. And so we're we're seeing, we're learning, we're knowing about these kinds of things that are happening, and we know that they're upset. And his name is uh, uh, Tad. Uh, I think DiBiase or uh, the bias or something like that. And he's the chief counsel. He's a former federal prosecutor, former uh, assistant U.S. attorney. And he works with the Department of Justice on these cases uh, related to January 6th. And so we're pretty sure uh, we don't have to we don't have to stretch this too far to imagine that this is probably what triggered this action against me after two and a half years. Steve Baker, investigative journalist, Blaze Media contributor, and now famously that Twitter guy. Um, thank you for everything. Uh, Steve, we're going to be following this obviously very closely. And uh, good luck. Good luck. Stay safe, please. Will do. Thank you, Glenn. You got it. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. We have so many cuts from uh, the top 10. Uh, moments from last year, uh, and we've got way late today, but I, I want to put them together um, uh, for you to uh, be able to watch and be able to listen to because they're, it tells us uh, a little something about us um, and what we are, what we're really following. Uh, kind of unlike uh, Chris Cuomo. Uh, I don't, I don't, did you see that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lemon. Uh, Don, Don Lemon? Don Lemon. He's like, I'm listening to Ben Shapiro now. Yeah. Are you, Don? <laughs> Are you really? Uh, and Chris Cuomo, uh, he just did something on October 7th, um, on the footage on October 7th. Do we have that? That's cut two. This is Chris Cuomo on his show talking about, uh, on his News Nation show, recapping what he saw on a private screening of October 7th footage. And uh, he I understand the sensitivity of the families. I understand the concern that if you don't want to believe that October 7th happened, well, then it doesn't matter what you see. But I do believe for many, for many, that there's an aspect of this that I don't think we appreciate. 
I realized something that I had missed before, okay? It took me immediately and deeply into a past trauma. The exact feeling that I had when I learned why 9-11 happened. Terrorists targeted the Twin Towers and Washington, D.C. to take out the great symbols that represent America. The method was not madness. They were sane, they were just evil. But the method was a message. Their unholy efforts triggered what Americans feared most. Terrorists robbing us of who and what we are about at home. So, if an enemy wanted to make sure that Israel would come for them, the message would be, we're going to take children, women, innocence, and more, tie them up, and burn them alive, just like the Holocaust. The ultimate fear of what the world can bring the Jews way. When a decision is made that Jews are less than human and treated that way in words and deeds, I now know that is exactly the message Hamas sent on purpose. Okay, stop. You have a mug, Stu. Uh, Chris Cuomo is an awful. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Chris Cuomo is worse. Okay, Both yes, uh, right. Dot okay, com. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, he's, uh, you know, look, he's come a long way from show me in the Constitution where it says you have to be peaceful. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. So was that, it, was that CNN's effect on him? Has he, is this, I was out of a job and I better... Uh, I better change my point of view. What is this? I think the fundamental defining characteristic of Chris Cuomo is not that he was ever liberal. It's that he wants a lot of attention. So I think that... Would you ever do a show with him? I would love to watch an episode of you uh, doing kind of like I do with my sit-downs where you were not saying, you know, hey, I'm your buddy, but you just asking the tough questions about all the things because you have... You wrote the book on his bad side. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like you to never it? think of him again. It would yeah, honestly be my preference. But um, we actually did invite him on the show at one point, And he, of course, you know, didn't want to come on. This is years ago now. Yeah. Um, but it might be different now. Yeah. I mean, there's a there's a desperation mm-hmm. involved. Um, but I think that's kind of what he is. Like he's a he he really, you know, there's a Geraldo in him. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? He just wants yeah. everyone to be talking about him. Yeah. He wants to be the center of attention. So. I think there's a, like he did this with, did you see this interview he did with the uh, Tourette's influencer? Oh, no, he didn't. Yeah. Did you see it? You didn't see this? So he, On him, with him? Yeah. Is, is she the blonde? Uh, I think she's blonde. Yeah. She, she I, I follow her. Um, I've, I've wanted to reach out and I thought, nah, I don't want to be a circus show. So of course Chris did, <laughs> but I love her. I oh, love really? her. Well, that was not Chris's take. Chris, I think, again, I don't know the whole back. I don't watch Chris's show, to be fair. Uh, but I did see this clip, and he seems to refer to it in, in a clip where he um, he thought she was an actress or oh, something. Geez. Like, love she thought she was beat. faking it. You know, you see what you... You sometimes see in people what you are. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Do you have the clip? You should do the interview with him. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, here's the uh, clip. This is from his show on News Nation. What do you want people to learn? Um, I want people to learn that um, Tourette's is neuro is a neurological involuntary motor and vocal disorder. <laughs> fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Um, I don't tick. 
24 seven. And there's a lot of <laughs> little baby wings off. You, Chris, there's a lot of things that people don't understand. Like he's laughing. Oof, people think yeah. that cussing is in is with everyone who has Tourette's syndrome, but it's only in 10% of people with Tourette's. <laughs> and how has it been as you've gotten more famous? Do you believe that people are understanding better or are they dopes like me who think you're acting? God, I say it's. Stop, I say it's. Stop! I can't watch it. Worst. He's the worst. See, I, I, he's I, the worst. What's the I point watched, of doing an interview with a guy like that? Honestly, uh, the first video I saw about two minutes into it, I because I saw it and I thought, if she is faking this, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Mm. And you get about a minute and a half, and you're like, oh no, this is real. And she is so sweet. Her mom and dad are so great. Her brother is amazing, and she mm. she is so brave to go online and make these videos because, you know, Chris Cuomo's of the world. Um, but I'm glad he's changed his mind on her. I, I She gives me hope. I follow a bunch of people that have really, in some ways, the average person would go, they have no reason to uh, have any hope. And they're just the bravest people you've uh, I've ever seen out there. That's and they're, do, do you, have you seen the guy who is handicapped, who is uh, preaching? And he says, hey, it's time to pray. I want to pray for you now. I'm not. No. Oh, he is great, too. There's uh, look this holiday season for people that are uh, I, fo- I follow some of them. So you can get some of them for my Instagram. But um I, I just like, at the end of the day, if I've had a bad day, I'll go on Instagram and I'll just watch inspirational things. You know, weed out all the other crap. Just watch some inspirational things. There are some people that will just make you feel so good um, because they're so good. And I think she's one of them. I just love her. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I'm now I'm bummed I didn't, I didn't reach out for an interview for her because... Yeah, he didn't edit it, by the way. We edited the clips. So he, he let all the F-bombs go because, of course, you know, again, it's about I, his attention. Yeah, I know, but I think I might do that, too, because it's 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 so raw. You see, what yeah. I watch, I watch and I think she has everything going for her, everything going for her, except living in a world that is like, okay, freak, I can't deal with that. You know what I mean? I mean, and it's hard. Look, it's hard. It's hard for everybody. It's oh, I know. obviously really hard for her. But like at one point you, you mentioned like he looks like he's kind of like smiling, almost like smirking at her comments. And it's like, I don't know what else you what else do you do in that moment? It's like someone's saying something to you that's completely but inappropriate. If, you know, you, you he's not you know, you almost have to acknowledge to the audience. Like, I know this is a little bit different. Like you almost so, have to. So Richard Paul Evans, he has Tourette's. Mm-hmm. And, and he's had a million interviews with us, but never sounded like that. Well, because that's not the way it manifests right. in him. He said his biggest problem is he wants to spit in the face of famous people. And I have to remind him all the time. I'm not that famous. <laughs> um, but he said to me one time we were in an interview and I said, are you all right? And, you know, he was talking about something. He seemed to get a little lost or something. I said, oh, are you all right? And he said, I cannot tell you how much strength it is taking not to spit in your face. And I said, <laughs> brother, half the country would cheer for you. Yeah. Um, and have shared that exact thought. Yeah. I know. You know? <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the least. <laughs> the least of that's what they the thought. bottom rung of that ladder. <laughs> <laughs>
You know, today is a great day to get a warranty. Actually, any day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. That's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. All the unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or faulty water heater, they're not going to break the bank because covered repairs and replacements are all taken care of. Having reassurance is something to celebrate. Choose the plan that works for you and your budget. When a covered item in your home breaks, all you do is contact American Home Shield. Their trusted, qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry. Be warranty. Go to ahs.com slash Beck and save 20%. That's ahs.com slash Beck and get 20% off any plan. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. 